This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. The in-dash OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. 134 to 129, the Toronto Raptors win their first preseason game, this one against the Houston Rockets. And yes, that is the defending NBA champion, Toronto Raptors, winning their first game in Japan, the first game in Japan since 2003 at the Saitama Super Arena. A really fun game, all things considered. The Raptors, they entered this one without Marcus All and without Kyle Lowry. But there's still lots of things to look forward to. One of the things that I think the fans were there for at the arena and people watching on TV and the crazy kooks who woke up in Canada and the people who are fans of the Raptors and Rockets in different places in the world who finally had a game that was at a normal time, so good for them. But to see James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Pascal Siakam, guys of that ilk, they're all very fun and very unique players league-wide. You have James Harden, who has won the MVP, who is changing the players league-wide, the offensive toolkit for so many players, how you operate in isolation basketball. Russell Westbrook, the Brody, he's one of the most athletic and electric players we've had in the league in a long time. And in the history of the league, Russell Westbrook has a very special place And of course, Pascal Siakam, the most improved player of the year from last year. He had 26 points in Game 6 to close out the Warriors. He had 32 points in Game 1 against the Warriors. He's he's exploded on the NBA's biggest stage. So there's a large appeal for the fans there. And it's cool that the game could be played there and that they're growing the game in that way. As for the game itself, well, let's, let's get into it. So for the Rockets... As ever, the whole point of the game, when we're talking about their incumbent stars and how they're going to operate for the regular season, is the pick-and-roll game of Harden and Capella. Westbrook is still trying to figure out how he fits in that half-court offense, and that was definitely noticeable in this one. Russell Westbrook, he took a lot of three-point shots, he missed a lot of three-point shots, and when he did score and create, it was in transition. Harden, on the other half... It was not scoring in transition, was not getting loose in transition. He's walking the ball up the floor, taking his time, asking for the screen, and then working downhill. And he completely dominated the Raptors' defense. And on the strength of his performance, the Rockets, they put up, you know, kind of an absurd 85 points in the first half. 
which is a lot of points for half of basketball. And it did come on the back of James Harden and how he operated in the pick and roll and how he dissected the Raptors' defense. Basically, what he was up to was using his body and his handle and his shot making to completely tear apart the Raptors' defense. And what that means is he starts going downhill and he's constantly making Serge Ibaka, who started, Marcus All wasn't playing. Serge Ibaka has to decide whether he's going to guard the lob against Clint Capella or if he's going to guard the push shot from Harden. Harden shot really well from the floor. He made a lot of those push shots. And honestly, he, he made the right passes too when the right passes were there. And the Raptors, if a guy's playing that well and it's a preseason game and the defense hasn't fully come together yet, that's that's fine. It was just fun to watch Harden work like that. And also when the Raptors would try and freeze out the pick and roll actions and they would just try and get Harden isoed up top, which Harden is plenty good at as well. Harden just waited for one of the players to shade towards him. Or if they didn't shade towards him, he would just dominate in the isolation. Which, that's... The NBA has forever been about stars dictating how games go. And that's what happened in this one for Harden. And when the players would shade, he would just make the right pass. There was one example where it was just... He's at the elbow extended, pretty much. And he's, you see Norman Powell shading up from the baseline, the corner, to guard against the drive. And he shades way too far, and Harden throws it straight there, Gordon, who makes a wide-open triple. That is what the Rockets can do. That is what Harden, by proxy of his talent and his gravity, dictates a defense, defense has to do to guard him. On the other side, a very exciting development. Pascal Siakam, while not Harden-esque in that way and doesn't command an offense the same way, he did take on a larger creation role, and especially in this one, it was really fun to see him as a ball handler because the Houston Rockets defense, also kind of in disarray, allowed 73 points in the first half, which is a lot of points in the first half for the record, and a lot of that early on was you know, it was on the back of Pascal Siakam operating as initiator and ball handler and the types of ways that he made the Houston defense stretch and he made it really awkward for them to guard because B.J. Tucker, who's a really good defender, cannot guard Pascal Siakam. Pascal Siakam walked him into the post, shimmied on him, got an and one. When Pascal Siakam had opportunities to push in transition, he was making the right passes. He had his eyes on the rim as well and he was getting there. And when he would get switched on to Clint Capella, Clint Capella or something like that, he he was also, he's way too fast for Clint Capella. And the defense, the Houston defense, broke down from there. Pascal is no slouch when it comes to playmaking and passing the ball. So you saw Serge Ibaka, you saw OG Ananobi, you saw Fred Van Vliet, you saw those guys come open, Norman Powell as well. And Pascal Siakam made the right reads. He had an awesome game. I think he ended up with 27, 11, and 4. Sorry, 24, 11, and 4 in 27 minutes, which is kind of an outrageous stat line. And I think it's really fun because if Pascal Siakam is ascending to that status of one of those very talented big men who walk into absurd stat lines every night just by proxy of their talent, then that's a huge development for the Raptors. And I think just based on this game, and preseason isn't everything. The defenses aren't 
as tuned in as they are during the regular season or the postseason for that matter. But this was a very encouraging game from Pascal Siakam, especially when you consider that he was looking to shoot more and without hesitation when he was above the break. And he made shots above the break. I know everybody remembers in the playoffs, that was a big focal point of his game was whether he was making that or not taking that during the playoffs. It really depended on what was happening for him to have a success. It was a bellwether for him. As far as other creators to look to for the Raptors early on, you had Fred Van Vliet, Terrence Davis, and Norm Powell all trying their hand at it. The most successful of that bunch by a very large degree was Fred Van Vliet, who was really sharp. He had a great game last year when he had to work as the lead ball handler. There were a lot of resets after pick and rolls because he couldn't get the edge. He couldn't create an advantage. And in this game against the Rockets defense, he did a really good job probing into the paint, gnashing the pick and roll, and stirring up the Rockets defense to the point where he had Clint Capella moving and he had his primary defender moving so that Serge Ibaka could float and find soft spots in the defense, hit his shots, that hook shot he loves, push shots, and of course the mid-range jumper. That was created by Fred Van Vliet. And Fred Van Vliet did a very good job, I thought, of creating looks for his teammates in, in the short amount that he played because it's, it's a preseason game, so not everybody's going all out. But Fred Van Vliet did a good, he did a great job, honestly, of working that in and being really disciplined and going after it. So I thought he, he was great. I was really happy with how Fred Van Vliet played. As for Norman Powell, Still playing at that frenetic one speed a lot of the time. I think everybody, myself included, is waiting for Norman Powell to to figure out the speed change in basketball. So he's not just charging to the rim, that one speed getting stripped on the way up, which happened, I think, four times in this game, or getting blocked at the top because the help side defense has tracked him the whole way because he's only operating at one speed. With that being said, he did a good job elsewhere. He hit his shots from downtown. He did push in transition. And when he doesn't have to worry about the help side defense, his athleticism is too blinding and impressive to be stopped. So he can get to the rim a lot of the time. It's just in the half court when he was trying to force the issue that he runs into trouble. And it he ends up providing sloppy possessions to the Raptors. Terrence Davis is an interesting thing for the Raptors going forward I think that he has a lot of potential he has a pretty silky three-point shot although he didn't shoot well in this game in the first half he was kind of shoved into a role where he was a primary ball handler he didn't get to work off of Fred Van Vliet or Norman Powell or Pascal Siakam very often he had to create the looks for the offense and for an undrafted free agent who could have been a second round pick probably but advised teams not to because he wanted to choose he wanted to make his choice to which team he went to, which he did, the Raptors. It's tough to ask a guy like that to just come in and start creating looks for an NBA offense. He did a lot better in the second half when he was able to work off of more dynamic sets and when he was playing against more second stringers. And he didn't have to create for everybody, and he was a bit more loose working off ball. That being said, I thought he did an amicable job working in the Raptors sets and trying to create create looks for the team honestly and it's it's tough for a two guard in college to just come into the NBA and start running 
an offense as a point guard. And I thought he did his best. There's a lot to like with his game. He's pretty rangy on defense, and he does get after it. And on offense, you know, he had that poster, so he, he showed a bit of chops going to the rim as well. And like I mentioned earlier on, the three-point shot didn't fall, but he is good from downtown, and I do expect that to be a part of his toolkit going forward. So as far as the, the people creating the looks in this game, it was a mixed bag. And moving on to what was definitely a mixed bag was the wing position. The wing position in this game did look rough for the Raptors. OG Ananobi is the definition of a mixed bag at this point because his handle is still really awkward. He's not, well, he lacks finesse around the rim. And when he has to get around players or figure out a way to beat players, he's just not very capable of doing that unless he's in a straight line operating in a very linear sense of basketball taking a very simple jump shot or running straight at the rim and that's where he succeeded in this game was when he got to put the pressure on the defense and kind of get a full head of steam going to the rim and use his absurd athleticism to just power there and he did do that and that was great but when he had you know defense waiting for him at the rim you saw him kind of trip himself up throw the ball up he also had a charge against P.J. Tucker. And these are things, that's that's part of the deal with OG Ananobi as a player right now. But he's also, you know, he's a great defender. He did strip James Harden. He was the only person to do it. James Harden thought he could just dribble around him. OG Ananobi stuck his hand in the cookie jar. And that, there's a lot of things to like from OG Ananobi, as always. He had a pretty smooth corner three where he just slipped to the corner hit a triple after an offensive rebound, and made it look really easy. Made it look like that's a part of his game. And hopefully that is going forward, that he's very ready to shoot, and that's something he works on a lot. When I when I was at the practice last year, I watched him put up shots for a long time, and that, that is something he puts work into. So OG Ananobi in this game, though, a mixed bag, because he was there were a lot of sloppy instances for him, and that's... That's just how it is with him because if he doesn't have Kyle Lowry creating for him and if he doesn't get to attack the weak side just in a very simple sense, then it gets a little bit complicated because he's not sure how to navigate defenses as a playmaker just yet, I don't think. Other mixed bags on the wing, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson in the first half and in the earlier stages of the game looked really bad, did not look good at all. But he came on really strong at the end of the second half when he was playing against the second stringers. He got a couple post-ups. He was finding cutters who were making flash cuts to the rim. And he was doing a much better job of being a part of the offense in the second half when he was playing with second stringers and against second stringers. He was also really rangy on defense. He worked really well on that end. I mean, that was what sealed the game for the Raptors was their defense in the second half. So... Rondé Hollis-Jefferson was a part of that. He had a strong second half when he was playing with what looks like the regular rotation in the first half. He didn't look like he really fit. He looked like he was a cut below that. It's only the first preseason game. He's with a new team. There's a lot that can happen. And he did get nutmegged by James Harden. And he did, James Harden did it, that massive step back on him at the end of the first half. And that's obviously going to take you out of it a little bit most players unless you have this ironclad brain that is not affected by 
objectively embarrassing things happening to you. Rondé Hollis Jefferson, that maybe the second half is an indicator of who he is more than the first half. But the level of the competition is something to mention, I think. So we'll see. Patrick McCaw, still really fast, still flies around on defense, and still completely stagnates the offense. He was not good. And maybe he can be. Maybe he just has to play with a different set of guys. But as for right now, when he's playing with that group of guys and he's completely gumming up the offense, he cramps the spacing. When the ball is in his hands, you're just waiting for the ball to leave his hands. He's wasting seconds on the shot clock. And that's, that's not very good at all. You want players that are able to do something. That's why Terrence Davis was so much fun to watch because he wasn't just moving the ball around. He wasn't just a player on offense who will touch the ball for three seconds and move it along or even less. Terrence Davis was active with the ball. He was trying to make plays. He was trying to make decisions and trying to create looks. Patrick McCaw didn't do any of that. He didn't try to probe. He doesn't make good passes. Didn't make good passes. I mean, he does sometimes in other games. But in this one, no. When the ball touched his hands on offense, it was a complete waste of time. And Stanley Johnson, I guess, for the last wing player, he is such a tantalizing prospect in a lot of ways. But he was really sloppy in this one. And for a lot of the same reasons that OG Ananobi is sloppy, is if he's trying to go in against a set defense and figure out how to create or score, it just wasn't happening. His handle was pretty sloppy tonight. And it just, it wasn't his game. He didn't get to play until the second half. And it's clear he's not, he was not a focal point in this one. And it wasn't very important to the Raptors to showcase him in this one. He got roughly like five minutes in the game. And so it was not a strong game for him at all. As far as the front court, O'Shea Brissett, really fun. I thought he was really, really long and disruptive on defense. He was one of the main focal points of the Raptors' defense in the second half, which did end up winning them the game. Chris Boucher remains very intriguing. He was kind of a terror in transition. Teams don't really know what to do with him in transition. He's really tall. He's really fast. And once he gets the ball on the move, he is darting to the rim, and he's got long steps. He'll step through the lane, and he'll finish at the rim. Also, he kind of falls into absurd box score numbers in a fast game like this. Like 12 and 7 for a bench big is good. It is undeniably good. His length did cause problems for the Rockets defense. He got fouled a lot because it's just it's a lot of body to look after and guard. He's got an awkward kind of game around the rim. He's got elbows everywhere and he just he gets fouled a lot. And that's, that's something that happened for him in the G League. On the other side of the floor, he got picked on on defense a lot. It's definitely something to point out is his pick-and-roll defense is not good at all at this point in time. Can it get better? I'm sure it can because he was the, he's a monster defensively in the G League, as everybody knows. But can he do it at the NBA level? I don't know. It's clear that his offensive talent can transcend from G League to NBA level. He is a problem. His talent and skill is very noticeable on the offensive end. His defense, is he going to be too much of a liability? I don't know. He was a big liability on the defensive end in this game, especially when James Harden was coming downhill 
against him, and Chris Boucher just isn't there yet, not to guard those positions, and yeah, that's pretty much the game. It was, there's a lot of ebb and flow, a lot of scoring in the first half. The second half was, the story of it was Harden and Westbrook weren't in the game anymore. You had Austin Rivers, Jaron Blossom game, Josh Hardenstein, and Co. trying to create shots against a very rangy, athletic, and determined Raptors defense comprised of Hollis Jefferson, O'Shea Brissett, Chris Boucher, Malcolm Miller, who I should have brought up earlier. Malcolm Miller, I thought, he has a place in the NBA, 100%. He knocks down his shots, he attacks closeouts well, and he guards his position. The same way Alfonso McKinney went on to play with the Warriors, there's a spot on an NBA roster, that type of role for Malcolm Miller. And I think he'll eventually get there, if not with the Raptors, somewhere, because he's an NBA player. He is not a G League player. I think he's too good for the G League. And I think he's an NBA role player. 100% he has become that, which is great. Great for him. Um, yeah, and that that group at the end of the second half really clamped the Rockets. The Rockets weren't able to create good looks at all. And the Raptors came from behind and stole this one, which was really fun to watch. And I just think it was really cool that the Raptors are the defending champs. And got to go and, you know, play in Japan against the Rockets, who the Rockets are a very, very big and famous team, especially in that part of the world. Controversy right now aside. And, uh, yeah, okay, so the villain of the game, I don't know that there is one. Maybe it's James Harden. (laughs) Would that be worth saying? Like, James Harden was the villain of the game since he nutmegged. Rondé Hollis Jefferson I guess we could say that sure James Harden is the villain of the game also because he completely dominated the Raptors defense from start to finish of his minutes and the Reggie Evans award I it's between Terrence Davis and O'Shea Brissett O'Shea Brissett really got after it but Terrence Davis did too and he was he played longer I thought O'Shea Brissett was more vigorous in his minutes but he didn't play as long so if he had to do as many to play as many minutes as Terrence Davis, I don't know if that lasts. But maybe the Reggie Evans Award, they can split it. And responding to the top quick reaction comment, which there isn't a top, I guess, quick reaction comment because this game was so early in the morning, so there's not as much um, engagement as usual. But DS, who is a, a commenter I usually read, says... Harden was outrageous. He put the entire Raptors team on a string. Davis caught my eye. Very versatile. He could be a rotation player this year. Stanley Johnson sucked very hard, but that was probably due to not knowing any of his teammates. Still time. Yeah, I agree with all of those things. Stanley Johnson, I have a piece coming out today about him, actually, and how he might fit with the Raptors, how he'll probably struggle, how he could become better and better fit what the Raptors are trying to do. Like I, I, ad nauseum, I spoke about Harden and how great he was. And Terrence Davis as well. Terrence Davis did his thing. So DS, yes. I agree with all that you said. And that that was the game. Good for the Raptors. They won the first preseason game, the first game in Japan since 2003. They are the defending NBA champions. I've been Samson Folk. And have a blessed day.
Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.